Hello all, I am here to invite you to become subscribers to The Melt via Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus episodes, early access to regular episodes, and access to monthly Zoom meetups, amongst an assortment of merch. It's super easy to do. Just click the link below and you will be directed to Patreon and there is where the magic happens. I put a lot of time, energy, and love into this podcast and would love to make it a full-time endeavor. With a minimal of help from you, that is much more likely to happen. In the meantime, have a listen to a few clips from the latest bonus episode that members have access to. I think it's good to have a, a combination of a critical mind and an open mind, though. Um, I think it's it's easy. Sometimes people get too focused on needing receipts for everything. And I don't think everything has receipts. There's a lot of things and in, in experiences that people have and, and things that people go through, just firsthand things, maybe by themselves, maybe with a small group of people that there's no way you could replicate it or duplicate it. So you kind of either just have to take their word for it or just go, huh, well, that's interesting and just move on to whatever the next thing. But I think it's important to, I think if we get too focused on receipts, then we we take some of the um, power out of people's immediate firsthand experiences that can't ever happen in a laboratory or can never be repeated or, so it's a, it's a fine line. Um, I think that I hear uh, Greg Carlwood on Higher Side Chats always talking to his audience like he's obviously addressing tons of replies and remarks that people get like, why didn't you ask him about this? Like, like, why didn't you really pin him down and make it like, I don't ever want to be in that position. I think that's not the host's job. I was fascinated by Irish fairy stories. I was fascinated by fairies and all these kinds of things. You know, always fascinated by fantasy. So, you know, there, there's an element of that. But then, when does that fantasy get used by someone else in order to manipulate my behaviour? And when does that fantasy turn into me finding out about what the original myth of that fantasy was, and and how that occurred, and what that myth means? and how it relates to the body, how it relates to the universe, and potentially how it could relate to my own spirituality. We're not here trying to convince anyone of anything. And really, I see what we do as kind of a starting point of research for people. So it's kind of laying the groundwork for you to take the information if you're curious about it and then go and and dig into it yourself where i get uncomfortable is when i listen to a podcast and i feel like i'm like they're trying to indoctrinate me into some philosophy or some perspective or some belief system and that's not really my job
Yeah. Um, so that's, I, I would say, the critical side of it. I may not find all the answers or have the experiences that I think I might want, mm. but I will have a journey and it will be an honest journey throughout that. But going back to what you said about Howdy, so I, I, I was, and synchronistically, um, the story of going into the light has come up and up and up and up and up. I don't know if it's just been because of Christmas, mm-hmm. but I keep bumping into the don't go into the light theory yeah yeah right and so now this is very confusing because we grow up you know learning you know St Paul's waiting there you know at the end of the tunnel or the bright tunnel and you go to St Paul and then you know everything you get sort of like weighed and then everything's uh, you know okay and if you've been a good person you go to the right place and if you haven't gone to the wrong place and what have you and so I was watching I don't know if you've seen um the TV, um, it was the movie Spirited, this Christmas's offering um, from, I think it was Apple. Mm, no. So um, it's quite a funny movie if you get a chance. You know, it, if you can take, you know, Hollywood claptrap in, 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 in its kind of face value, mm-hmm. but obviously it's for Apple. It's got, um, oh, I can't remember the name, Ryan Reynolds. And the other guy who plays, who plays Elf. Um, oh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, yeah. So there, it's a buddy movie, right? So it's like a Scrooge movie. So mm. um, Will Ferrell is, he's the ghost of Christmas um, past, okay? And he has to sort of, and, and, and Ryan Reynolds, he's an irredeemable. And he plays this horrible marketing executive who's using social media to manipulate people in order to get governors elected and all these kind of things, you know. Um, and and sort of like he plays this kind of character where he's kind of dualistic. He's like, yes, he's irredeemable and he does bad things, but he's just operating from the way, the point of view of, well, all humans operate like this in this society these days anyway. So what am I doing wrong? You know, the whole idea is to turn him into an, an irredeemable who could never be redeemed it's the ghost of christmas past who actually was scrooge and when scrooge died he became the ghost of christmas past to be able to carry it's all like a big corporate kind of thing it's all right. like you know and they're all working all year round to do this one kind of thing but so obviously with the you know the classic sort of mind of like the, the way that, that cult symbology is put into movies everywhere there's quite a lot of free two two in it and you know skull and bones image messaging and what have you and right at the very end spoilers um <laughs> the um uh uh ryan reynolds pushes will ferrell out of the way of a of a um of a, of a oncoming coach yeah mm-hmm. and as he does that time stops so when you finally get redeemed they set this premise right at the beginning of the movie time stops and because it's a musical everyone sings and dances and so he he thought he wasn't going to be redeemed he was happy to go on for his life with his life but he'd made a friend in will ferrell and so he pushed him out of the way of this coach and as the as he stood there like frozen like ready to die um everything's frozen and right on the front of the bus is like number 322 in a little kind of little postcard right by his head on the bus window yeah and then the next scene after that is his dead sister come in out of like the thing because he's 
because he ends up, he gets hit by the coach in the end anyway and dies, even though it stopped. He could have not got hit by the coach, but the whole thing was, well, you've redeemed yourself, but you have to die because, you know. But his sister's there, oh, it's all right, come to the light. She's standing by this white portal. There's all the three, two, two kind of stuff going on. And, and, and I'm like, I'm just confused now. <laughs> If I was to drop down dead tomorrow, I would not know what to do. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely, but again, this is, it goes back to the, the whole psyop thing. You know? yeah. It's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. And you can tie yourself up in knots if you wanted to. Yeah. Or you well, could spend your time trying to do what's right by yourself. Exactly. Just think of it this way. If a Hollywood movie is telling you to go to the light, then you probably shouldn't go to the light. <laughs> that should well, be your litmus test. Is it a double bluff, though? Yeah, exactly. maybe. Exactly. Even the Tibetan Book of the Dead, I think it it tries to get you not to go, it suggests that you don't go to the first light. Uh, but there's another light. It's the second or third light that you come in contact with mm. it is of a certain quality it's like a translucent light mm. and okay, that's yeah. the one that you should go to and i tend to trust that stuff i mean i think the way that howdy is coming at it is sort of like it likened it to western medicine to me like western medicine coming in the last 150 years saying oh all of that all those herbs and natural remedies and stuff like that. there's no efficacy to any of that that's just a bunch of bullshit bunch of old wives tales <laughs> well i know exactly what's going on so howdy just writing all of creation <laughs> off it's just some horrid suffering game and that we're just being harvested for energy and it's all a bunch of bullshit. I think it's just a little heavy handed. Um, there may be some truth into that. There might be a, an aspect of that, that I understand where he's coming from, but he's just, it's very absolutist. And I think that's, it's something that is to be avoided. Any kind of absolutism doesn't leave any wiggle room for anything. And I, when I was during my interview uh, on Strange Mosaic, I was saying, I think it's important to understand retroactivity and a retro causality. And who knows what we're how we're changing the past by going back and endlessly analyzing it with within the context of this information that we've recently gotten and wanting to apply it in reverse to all like like i the 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 uh example that i brought up was the beatles being a tabastock experiment and it's like what the fuck are they in an experiment for? Ubla di ubla da. What is that? I mean, what kind of psyop is that? That's a horrible psyop. I mean, it's great music. I fucking love the Beatles, but are they a social experiment? That doesn't, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, if you're trying to hypnotize people and you are using music to do it, you can put subliminal messages under any lyric or any sound you could possibly want but i mean uh, what is i mean the, i'm not saying they are i know I don't, you're just I don't playing know. devil's advocate but what is the evidence that some i mean i don't well, know because crow says so oh yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> well and, and then i said well maybe in the exception of charles manson I'm like maybe there was some there was some things sprinkled in there for him to mark, pick mark out, definitely you know. says so yeah mark definitely exactly <laughs> 
<laughs> so I don't know. I, I, and I, yeah, I just don't know what I just, some of that just, it seems like it goes too far. It's a little heavy handed to me. De- some things definitely I feel psyop vibe from, but sometimes it's like, come on. But really? a psyop well, is an experiment. True. So an experiment, if you, if you take 8 billion people and you're doing an experiment on 8 billion people, then you're going to get different results. And maybe that's the experiment is to see what the results are by doing that experiment. Some people are going to be influenced. Some people, some people are not going to be influenced. And I think that's what social media is. We could look at social media as an experiment. It works on some people. It doesn't work on other people. And this is why they keep constantly tweaking algorithms is to see how an algorithm influences someone's behavior. What were you going to say, Simon? Can't remember. Okay. <laughs> I was fascinated by <laughs> what was this being <laughs> But like there's somebody that I work for, uh, uh, and this is not against, anything against her, but against maybe the source of this narrative that she was espousing. Like, you know, I heard that Stevie Wonder really isn't blind. It's like, who <laughs> fucking cares? Like, what, 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 how would that change history? Like, how, oh I mean, that would be amazing. interesting. Like, why would they do that? That's but amazing. Is that a, you know, is that something we really need to be focusing on? Well, I, I find the idea of savants much more interesting. The fact yeah. that, you know, blind people who have never played the piano before wake up one day from hearing a piece of music and play the piano perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's compelling. Now, that, now that's now. So, so then that's an experiment to be done. I mean, some of these, you know, you can start to experiment on these people because then we can start understanding why people like Ed Casey can then channel whatever, you know, the, call it the Akashic record because that's trendy, yeah. um, but can can channel <laughs> can, can can channel information from other streams of um, uh, from from other streams of, of consciousness or or dimensions even or you know it may well be he's streaming a, a Atlantis but hey look maybe Atlantis is existing right now and all he's yeah. doing is tuning into another radio station somewhere. Exactly. You know, thing. and 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 other people were doing this. Plato was doing it or whoever else was doing it, you right. know. And and really it's just something we're living alongside and within in the stream. Yeah, we were talking about that yesterday. Emily and I were talking about the causal loop and that perhaps it is all one moment and what your spirit is, is your awareness in this particular moment. But some people, I think all people are capable of doing it, are capable of experiencing other moments in this one moment. Mm. Yeah. And, and and that makes sense. That makes sense to me. That And that's the kind of experiments we should be striving to try and do with people who are experiencing these extra phenomena mm-hmm. the majority of people don't experience yeah i think it's yeah i'm, I'm not a um psychical um for, uh, researcher so i can't act you know i i can't really say i haven't spent enough time trying to understand it so i'm not any authority to say it but i i i 
definitely think there is something there to be studied because other people's yeah and it's happening and, and it has yeah yeah and it's, it's happening. happening that's i think that that's what they're doing with uh particle colliders i think that they're they're definitely doing some level of experiment with attempting to uh transmute what we consider reality and to jump timelines into different points in history mm. i mean I have no evidence of that, but that's what, that's what my gut tells me is happening. Mm. Can tell you've been talking to Emily. Oh, honey, <laughs> but, 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 long before I knew Emily. Uh, <laughs> maybe, I, know, maybe, I think you probably knew Emily in a different timeline, didn't you? Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. No, but <laughs> but the, I, I mean, so th thinking about, you know, these kind of things as well. So like Man Man Mandela effect has gone quite quiet, hasn't it? And, you know, that, that was, quite a big buzz the man mandela effect and and, the, um, and then you know now we're sort of then simulation theory and that that's gone a little bit quiet now it's, you know, so all of these things again when we're talking about them being pumped into the mainstream if you like into the stream of uh of of the internet the you know, you've got the mud flood, you've got giant trees, you've got Taptaria, there's flat earth, there's lizard people, all of these things. I was, because before I was going to sit down and I was going to, without looking at the internet, I was going to write down as many as I could chronologically when I came across them on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of the time it's not, you know, it's, it's not because I've gone looking for something, it's because mm -hmm. something's popped up on the youtube or something's popped up on an internet search and if if i if i go you know if i go back one of the earliest ones was you know gnosticism and the dead sea scrolls which ties into howdy and i think sort of one of the one of the psyops is this kind of you know you're in a cage um created by the demiurge mm -hmm. and and that and that one was that I came across very, very, you know, good, a good six or seven years ago now. And then that blew up all the way through to Stranger Things, which is a classic, you know, Gnostic idealism mm -hmm. piece. Um, and, and and I think, that, again, when things are promoted in the mainstream like that, not Gnosticism as in, you know, the quest to understand spiritual knowledge, but Gnosticism as in the sense of the the demiurge mm -hmm. that's that's something which is definitely in my opinion is 100 percent a psyop and anyone who gets caught in it is is caught in a new age psyop simple as that, that that's that's just me uh, i think to, to, to think in that way in those terms is really solipsistic and dangerous and dangerous for the individual that is you know mm -hmm. and then any other individuals that they want to bring into it um that that is purely my own opinion. You know, I, I, I don't judge anyone for thinking like that, but I, I think it is. I think the mud flood is a psyop. Mm. I think Tartaria, there's there's truth there. Um, I think that um, in terms of um, technology that's been left to rot and forgotten about, mm. that was potentially within builds uh, buildings built within. The golden structures within the golden mean mm -hmm. and the you know um the the the, the uh that sacred geometry in order to resonate so i think 
you can scientifically prove so much to do with water and structured water and sound and all of these kind of things so these are very obvious areas of research really obviously obvious things you can prove and people have proven time and time again that they work and they exist and so many different experiments so i think there is something to the the tartaria thing in terms of the kind of the relationship between global history and that part of global history being hidden i think there's something um you know in sort of how we've been manipulated by time and and you know chronos if you like in, in terms of like people like the romans and another civilizations before them uh, but giant trees i found that fascinating mm-hmm. the saturn sun matrix mm, more gnosticism maybe you know mm-hmm um all of the you know there's so many out there which are you have to you know and like yourself the the flat no i'm gonna have an open mind on flat earth because i can't prove either way because i don't have the tools or i can't get in a thing and go into outer space you know i have looked i've looked down a telescope and i've seen saturn and jupiter in the telescope physically you know looking into it so i know that i've seen planets Mm. out there somewhere wherever there is i've seen it with my own eyes whatever they are i've seen you know the moon and you know i can look at the sun and and, and see that um but in terms of whether or not you know i've you know i can't tell. so I, i'm i'm open-minded i'm open-minded about that but i don't but also like yourself I, I don't care that's the shape of it isn't important yeah what's what important is what goes on within it what do you think about Stonehenge? What are your thoughts about Stonehenge? Um, a bit of flight and look over here while the right hand's doing what the right hand's doing and don't go to the real places that have the real energy. Interesting. Like the Glastonbury Tour, which is just, and if Drew was here, he'd be the person to talk about it. Again, I'm not I'm not well, well enough informed to be able to talk on any authority, but and I, I do i have been to the isle of glass we call it the isle of glass as well the glastonbury tour because there's lots of different stone um sort of um fragments in it which it shines different colors it's kind of got a coppery green tint to it and sometimes it'll be seen as red um depending on where the sun is it's uh you know and it's called uh, i think it was sort of at one point um you know uh, that area was flooded and that's why it was an island at one point um but that's uh, i think um some I know I don't understand enough about this, but uh, I think it's is it is it the 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 root chakra or the heart chakra, the Glastonbury mm-hmm. tour? But uh, it's one of the earth's ch- um, chakras. Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's fa- it's fascinating. That that's a true energy place. That's you know the, that's that's a, a you know geomantic region of, of of Britain. But I don't think Stonehenge. The reason I was bringing up Stonehenge is I recently read an article about some missing people who were camping at Stonehenge in like 1972. Mm. They disappeared and they disappeared Mm -hmm. in some some uh, blue light and some talk of some energetic vortex or something there on. Mm. on the land and that's one of mm. the reasons why they've cordoned it off and they don't let people camp there anymore or hang out there anymore mm. i think they were just more worried about 
a bunch of reprobate hippies destroying it right or or graffitiing it and, and what have you and just you know I, I think these these um english heritage that and the national trust they make a hell of a lot of money mm. we drive to um cornwall and devon every year so we go we, we go past it every year and as you drive down the road you can see it's always the road it gets just gets jammed up and you go past it i mean all summer long it's you know there's people going there so and they've got the visitor centers and what have you so make a lot of money out of that that thing a hell of a lot of money made out of it i i've been to ireland i've been to newgrange i've been to the hill of tower um hill of tara i've been to Newth, um which again is around the dublin area like I say, I've I've been to various other locations, and it's something on my sort of to do list this year to go to a lot more. And to, and to, as I get more in touch with my own energies and try and sort of try and understand and feel some of like because I, I find geomancy absolutely fascinating. The mm-hmm. idea of it, you know, the fact that I can go into London and I'm literally stood on one of the world's biggest temples, London itself. The amount of streams below London and the amount of fountains and upwells of water in London and the amount of things that are built, various cathedrals that have been built and and structures on structures. I love I love churches because you'll always see a yew tree in a church and that yew tree will be like two, three hundred years mm. when that yew tree dies. And whenever they built a new structure on whatever was there before, they planted a new yew tree. Yeah. You'd always go to a church in England anyway. And every time you go to a church in in America anyway, you go, always look for the yew tree. And I guarantee you, and more often than not, you will see a yew tree on a church ground. Mm. Now that's a you know an old earth ritual, yeah, for a sacred space. Mm-hmm. And people build on these sacred spaces for reasons. Yeah, because of course. They, you know. It may have been that just it was a burial ground for one community at one point and then a bigger community built on that and a bigger one on that and it, and it become a sacred space through belief. And right. the energy went into it through belief, you know, there may well be more sort of, sort of uh, maybe maybe some crystal resonance or something like that down below the crust, below the mantle. There may well be a pocketed cave of crystals or something like that underneath it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I find these things fascinating. I think you can experiment and, and prove them. But you know, first you've got to go there and, and see if you can feel anything. But in order to do that, you need to be in touch with that. What, where, what is the the uh, town or the county in England where all the crop circles show up? Do you I, know? Um, I don't know actually. Mm-hmm. There's um, so Somerset um near where um I, I do think somerset and um that's the glastonbury area um mm. but i think they happen all over the place all over the southwest of, of mm. England, lots of places um but again i put those with the in the psyop bracket yeah well how come yeah. um just <laughs> Because I've never ever seen a UFO in my life. I've never seen any aerial phenomena which is unexplainable. Never. I've gone hunting for them, 
gone to places to look for them. I've gone and camped out places to see. Never, ever, ever have I seen any aerial phenomena. And I know it could be other phenomena than aerial phenomena, um, but I, I, I think that um, they're, they're beautiful pieces of artwork. I just think for there's been so many accounts of them appearing so quickly um, uh, that I it would almost be hard-pressed to find humans just well i mean there was at one point two drunk guys who basically <laughs> said oh we did it we we made all these crop circles <laughs> and, and there's just no way that's gonna happen there's just too many strange anomalies yeah it was true yeah exactly <laughs> on the way to the festival um <laughs> and then uh so they happened very quickly but you know, I think I have seen a UFO, but that doesn't mean I don't necessarily mean that that I don't think that that automatically implies that that was an alien from another planet. I think that could easily just be military technology or mm. technology from some other civilization that may live on or in the earth or in maybe some region that we don't know about. Um, so I think that that therefore crop circles could be a product of the same sort of technology. It doesn't have to mean, doesn't mean that it's from some other place necessarily. Well, it could be the military. It could be, it could be a product of magnetic um, earth energy and, you know, other types of forces within, mm -hmm. you know, the earth, but you would then see it in wild fields of grass and not just, do you know what I mean? You would see sure. these manifestations in other areas. You would see them in, in in uh in the sahara desert on the sand dunes yeah what? sort of some form of it that that would you know that maybe a swirl or something like that or a circle you know um forming in or or you might see it in a, a perfectly still lake mm -hmm. some kind of impression if there was a magnetic energy that was causing them you know other than a, a other, other than an intelligent force a you know a physical force that was doing it um, so it's you know it's just dubious. It's always in these nice nice fields where you know you can easily make a pattern. There is a video that was shot in the eighties of uh, a crop circle being made by a couple of maybe one or two orbs. Now, orbs are often seen uh, around these places too, mm -hmm. and basically. The orb just flies over the two orbs just fly over this field and simultaneously the the crop circle just forms like all at once it's not like it starts at one end and finishes at the other it just all happens simultaneously it's really so that was that was on vhs tape then also yes yeah i was totally yeah, was, yeah we, i'll try and i mean we, we we come from the same era where we, we i'd have friends come come over to like we, we had a uh like a, a flat when I was uh, a late teen, early twenties, and it was you know one of those places, the flat, where yeah. everyone everyone came round. So you know, yeah. all, all of our dodgy mates and our non dodgy mates <laughs> would would come round, and you know people would have videotapes of things, you know, the latest mm -hmm. scary horror movie, or yeah. you know, faces of death, or faces of death, yeah, yeah, or or um, uh, you know, footage of alien spacecrafts and you know the, the george dansky stuff and all of that mm -hmm. you know and that, that was it it was at that time actually i was reading whitley striver and david ike as well you know because these all these things you know were coming into you know we we were what, probably similar to yourself one of these groups of people where you know we 
we we were you know against the mainstream if you like we were you know rockers we were hippies yeah. we were indie kids we were you know we were, we were generation x if you like we were douglas copeland's generation x and um uh yeah and again douglas copeland generation x yep. sigh up possibly you know <laughs> because all we were was just another subculture of the larger culture we were probably just another experiment you know, and George Damsky and David and yeah, and Whitley, yeah, all of those lot. Yeah, Horsley is very, very critical of Whitley's yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yes, 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 yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who was? I tell you what, I wanted to talk to you about the, the other the other week as well. Was um, if you ever heard of? Do you, do you remember the? Because I think it's still going. The Church of the Sub Genius. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I heard that brought up last week in a podcast that I listened to. Yeah, because, well, that was a lot of my friends were well into that. Yeah, and we would um, um, go and hang out in a place called Brighton. I lived there for a little while actually, and um, Brighton is like a bit like Portland, if you like. You know, well, what Portland used to be like. Mm-hmm. You know, this kind of place where transients would come into but then you'd have all this list like kind of vociferous art scene as well very liberal place mm-hmm. um back when it was um you know when liberal actually meant something um, <laughs> uh, and, and um but there was always lots of graffiti there still as you go there's some beautiful graffiti there these days sort of artwork graffiti and um bob was everywhere absolutely mm-hmm. everywhere so someone in brighton was just Systematically um, uh, spraying stencils of of Bob and the, of the Church of the Subgenius. So all I knew about it was, you know, the Church of the Subgenius was was this kind of you know secret organisation that some people I knew pretended they were into or they were in. Or and it was only about like four weeks ago I thought, well, I'm going to have a look on the internet and 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 uh, just sort of try and understand what that was because I've just it just popped into my head sort of thing mm-hmm. i didn't realize that it was you know quite a quite a dark little group of people who were sort of trying to take over the world or something where you know oh, really? spread and provide knowledge and information um or, or, or at least create a religion to kind of change people's thinking hmm. experiment dark I, I never i always thought that they were just doing it for a bunch of for fun but for goofy oh. fun yeah, yeah but the ringleader apparently there was quite a nefarious motive behind it interesting at least some of the i read a couple of articles you know about trying to get into the bottom of you know what it was and it, it was basically about i think it was looking for people who were intelligent enough to be able to understand sort of esoteric knowledge and certain types of knowledge and to be part of an elite gang of people who could understand, you know, a level of intellectual knowledge. Uh, yeah, I can't can't remember. You'll have to have a look into it. So I'm probably talking about about things I don't fully understand. Interesting. But, um, yeah, I was quite fascinated when I was reading. I was like, oh, it was something more than, and it started in the fifties, I think, as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I know someone who made a documentary recently about Church of the Subgenius. Oh, right. You'll have to get them on and, and put it in, in into uh, <laughs> <laughs> if, if they want. 
if, if they want to that is yeah no that, that would be fascinating to to see actually yeah i know what podcast it came up and remember i asked if you knew this dude from austin that emily had on her podcast he was talking about the art of slack slackers richard linklater and yeah. church of the subgenius Lewis made a documentary about Church of the Subgenius. Oh, that's the person who did. Gotcha. Yep. So, how far off was I with my explanation about Church of the Subgenius? Yeah, I don't know much about what? it. I, I I haven't seen the documentary. I know some. I know the person who made it, but mm. I haven't seen it. So, so when you say slacker, that that's yeah, that that rings. That rings sort of um, a memory for me that slacker has something to do with the church being a slacker as yeah. well has something to do yeah. with yeah. yeah i'd forgotten about it until that guy brought it up and i was like oh yeah i totally forgot about that aspect of it i remember mm. just reading zines when I'm in the 80s and stuff like mm. that, with, mm. that, that bob it. would be in yeah mm. and then that and the principia discordia the discordians i think uh, Robert Anton Wilson had something to do with that. It was kind of a nonsense, religious satire, sort of cult satire sort of thing. Mm, okay. So that could have been something to kind of gather and um, and inform future podcasters. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> On how to, what the next level of the PSYOP is. You know? <laughs> Find the was- people. I was thinking about asking Jason to if he wanted to sit in on this chat because he would during a conversation of ours and I know I'm not I'm sure he's brought it up in other conversations too he's talking about the psyop of is everything a psyop and getting lost in that hall of mirrors of conspiracy theories and stuff like that he would have been conversation it's a conversation I think that needs to be had um, within the space because if anyone's going to do you know do their work with integrity then that conversation needs to be up front and center absolutely and, and that will show more maturity than you know, the governments and organizations that you know we'd be supposedly give our money to to look after us absolutely. so yeah it's it's about being honest and frank and you know mm-hmm. having these hard discussions really it's like you know it's like sure. a like you would do in a family when you sit around a table well i also think it 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 is important to identify what we consider a psyop because mm. is a psyop something that the government is doing an experiment the government is doing is it an experiment that a university is doing on its students uh so i think it it really depends on what how far reaching the influence is um could a, pie, a podcast be a psyop? Sure, absolutely. Um, but I think it really is contingent on how many people uh, have have focused attention on it. So I don't think that you could do, well, I mean, maybe you could do a psyop of one. <laughs> I guess that would be a version. But to me, I would say Facebook is definitely a psyop. I would mm-hmm. say that uh, YouTube is definitely a psyop. I would say anything, like to put it kind of in present day terms, anything that has an algorithm has the potential to be a psyop because that's something that 
um, artificial intelligence is perhaps guiding or manipulating. Mm -hmm. I think there's the the psyop of one that you allude to. That's what we do to ourselves. Yes. And 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 we do, and that's why I'm, what I'm talking about. That that's the conversation in in a lot of ways. Exactly. The, the real conversation to have is is that you know where and and it leads to the critical and that critical thinking and the sort of the analysis of these things and the analysis of yourself to yeah. know that who that yeah because I I struggle with well, it sounds silly that struggle with my ego everyone struggles with their ego what, what i mean is i i sort of want to be able to trust my ego mm. and that's kind of my life's journey that's my spirituality is if you if you like it's like learning about your ego learning to trust it mm-hmm. learning to know when it's serving you and um you know not, not you know being your master so to speak and that ties into that because it is your ego that's constantly doing the psyop on you, on the person of one. Now, whatever it is in in um, in culture that's feeding that to do it to you is something that has been with you ever since you sort of realised that. Realised that ever since. From when you become a child to a human, a, a baby to a human, you know, when, when you've reached that age, that Freudian age, whenever it is, you know, five, six, seven, when you move away from the imaginal and the potential for everything to be within you and without you, to that when you solidify into the material human that you become. It's about everything from that point is or maybe even before everything is a psyop on you everything is because that's what life is and so there's the sophisticated type mm-hmm. that you allude to with regards to facebook our governments corona crisis etc etc to the the really really tiny ones that you know i don't like tomatoes because you're you watch someone eat it they go tomatoes are horrible they're dangerous don't eat them and then yeah it's created a a kind of schism within you and you don't go near tomatoes for the rest of your life because of that that was a psyop essentially and and your ego's decided that it doesn't like tomatoes does that how do you break that pattern well i mean think of Think of uh, that first period that you're talking about, though, as a child, you know, children react in a very primal way to get their needs met. So in a sense, that's a psychological operation because they're crying when they're not necessarily sad. They want attention. So that's a form of a psychological operation because they're manipulating their parent to get something that they want. So could we distill that down to just part of the human condition? Is that just part of being a human is that we are psychologically uh, manipulating our 
the people in our lives for basic survival needs. Part of the unexamined human condition, Wendy, I don't think, because there's different degrees of that, you know, like you can do it for very nefarious ends or right. you can do it because it actually serves a purpose in, in, in a given situation. Like you're trying to get a gun away from somebody who's threatening to shoot you or something like that. Right. But I'm saying as an instinct, like is the psychological operation an instinct that we have because it's a way of getting a need met? Mm. And so the the outgrowth of it in terms of CIA, if you like, or governments where it's very, um, you know, very, very thought and orchestrated, is that again, like you say, just part of a human instinct that's playing out. Mm -hmm. I think the intention obviously has it plays a big role in it too. I see a psyop as something that's set into motion by somebody outside of a particular situation. Like that's where the government would come in and say, let's try and coerce Timothy Leary to be in a helicopter over this musical event and throw blotter out acid out over the crowd and see what happens. Cause you know, after that point you really can't, you, you don't know what happens. I think you made a good point by going, saying a psy- psychological operation is basically, you know, setting up the the uh, environment and then seeing what happens. I think I tend to see it, or I have tended to see it as something that is set up for a particular effect, but I think yours is a more accurate description. Yeah, I think I maybe derailed you. that's my thought hold my hands up (laughs) i don't know i mean i think i think that there is an instinctual thing that humans have an an instinctual need that humans have that could be considered organically a psyop if we were looking at it like you know if a baby's crying for attention but they don't really need anything they are psychologically manipulating you because they know that that cry creates a reaction and a response in a, in the reptilian side of the brain. So I think there's that aspect of it that is an innocent version of that. And then there's something as nefarious as someone dropping thousands of hits of acid out of a helicopter mm-hmm. and then sitting back and watching to, to see what happens. So mm. by degrees, I think both could be considered mm. a psychological operation. One maybe is to satisfy a very infantile ego need, and another is to carry out an experiment to see how people respond and react on a larger scale. Yeah, we can clearly see that that's been occurring. Um, yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's what exactly what's happened with the, um, you know, Corona nonsense is, is it's a, someone's gauged the next level of interference just to see how people will act. And I honestly think that um, the uh, orchestrators of, of, of this have been a bit shocked about how people have reacted. I don't think that they um, were expected for people to actually um react uh as as um sort of uh activists you know as, as activists which a lot of people have they've 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 seen how people will react so next time they do something you know it, are they going to try and hit you harder or have we put off 
something else happening would something have happened sooner if we'd have reacted a little bit more in cohesion with what they maybe expected the results to be um, well this is an interesting type of psyop because it's one that i think was designed for and successfully so designed for the people that it's aimed at to embody that psyop to then carry it out themselves. So you just sort of set the wheels in motion and then let everybody else do the work for the most part, whether they be a politician or just another human being that's calling out somebody that's walking in a store without a mask or something like that. Like everybody takes it upon themselves because of the nature of the PSYOP that you're a selfless warrior if you do these certain things. And anybody who doesn't is a selfish you know what i don't know what the english equivalent would be to a right-wing conspiracy theorist or whatever just name put over whatever boogeyman that you're against that's the kind of person that would go against the psyop um and it's so ingenious that people don't realize that it's even occurring well they've been yeah they've been doing it for decades sure so there have been versions of this that have been happening for decades there was the h1n1 uh, virus, the swine flu in the 70s, the Spanish flu in the 1800s or 1917. Uh-huh. The, you know, so this has been going on. There has been, you know, this is where it gets into this. We go into the conspiracy theory because could you person- say could you say the potato famine, the Irish potato famine of the of the 17th century? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the thing is that if people have this kind of short term myopic memory and they don't look at the chronology of our human history, we could say that this is this happens about every 10 years. There's some version of this that happens. So looking at it, could we say, well, there's some. external force outside of humanity you know the reptilians or is this predatorial energy that is in control of the earth and we are just this ant farm that they poke every 10 years to see how we react and we respond because historically these things have happened this is probably the most effective version that's happened ever, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just the first step. The PSYOP is not done yet. This is just the first step. I think there's more to come. And it was the way that the second step carries out is has to do with the how successful this step was, which I think was a resounding success in many ways. So I, 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 well, yeah, I wouldn't say it's resounding. I kind of disagree. I, I think that I, I think a lot of people who would not have necessarily sought for alternative types of information, and you know, it gave people time to sit in front of their computer and. Exactly. Look at what the CIA has done in the past. Look at the different kind of things. Look into you know conspiracy theories and try and find the facts of them. It's, you know, people have like gone right. Okay, if I'm going to get this injection, I need the you know, honest, critically minded people have gone. I need to find out if it's safe for me to have the injection because I yeah. want to because I want to do it for my you know for my grandmother etc. People's honest thing, and then they've looked into it and gone. Oh my god, 
no this that and so it really has been a gateway so this is where, where, where i disagree where i think it's gone wrong i think it's been a gateway drug for people to actually um find uh you know a space to understand that everything that they've been told throughout their life you know could potentially be a lie and you know and open up to that you know into that space and and the people who got i mean it wasn't covered very well in the in the news but on social media you know things like telegram and and, and other platforms the the um the marches in london mm-hmm. were huge we're talking hundreds yeah. of thousands of people yeah. yeah turned up yeah well i would say this is where it was unsuccessful and a, an abject failure they should have shut cell phones and the internet down if they wanted it to be successful they should have shut all information off other than mainstream media i think what happened is what you're saying simon is that you lock people in their house for three months for six months for a year and you give them access to the internet then what happens is they get you know, maybe the first two weeks they're totally buying it and masking and we can't go outside and lockdowns and, and lockstep with all of that. And then there comes this, this level of uh, skepticism where you start to say, oh, I don't know about this. Like people aren't dropping like flies around me. There's, you know, life seems to be going on. What the fuck is happening? So I think that's where it was a failure is that people had a moment to actually start to do some research because we were going stir crazy and not everyone watches CNN and not everyone watches Fox News or the BBC. So people started to look for alternatives and started to investigate on their own. And I think if they had taken that element away, then it would have been more successful because more people would have gone along with it because they would have gone, Oh shit, we don't have any internet. Well, I'm glad you're not in charge. Shit shit really must be going down because there's no cell phone service. So what's your predictions then for 2023? A positive one and maybe let's um, you know carry on with so, so what what's your psyop prediction but then what's the positive outgrowth from that? What what can we look at positively for 2023 as well as so I I was I I'll, my, my initial thoughts was that this is the um this is the year where the EMP comes but I've changed my thinking on that. I think it's going to be 2024. Um, but um, I think that what this year, what what is positive is that most Christmases, everyone's really nice to each other. And then by the time you get to the second week in Jan, everyone's back to normal. But I haven't seen that yet. And I think people are really going to make an effort because of the whole, I think since so many people sleepwalking, just in general sort of zombified kind of joe public just because they're so tired and unwell and fed up i'm not going to go along with this npc meme anymore i'm not going to going to be horrible to people who um you know they're not zombies they're just tired and they don't know how to act they're broken you know and 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 i think that's what we're going to see it's positive is sort of people realizing that we're all really blinking tired 
and just need a shoulder to sort of you know rest on from time to time so that's my positive outgrowth my, my negative one is you know ramping up as you say i, I think climate change <laughs> I'm, I'm, an, I'm an environmental scientist that's what i studied um and um i yeah i mean i was back in the day you know i was um telling people it's not global warming you know that it's global climate change all right you know because people people would go oh global warming global work no i've learned it's not global warming it's global climate if only i knew then knew now what i know, knew then what i know now if only i would have done a lot of different research topics that's why i think you're in quite a, a lucky position doing what you're doing Hunter, because you're able to learn and also like you've said previously open up the sort of minds of the younger students and you know be in that position to be able to sort of say well you've thought about it this way have you thought about that you know must be quite an exciting time for you well i i think the negative and i i hate to start with the negative but mm. i think the negative is that people are going to continue to die people who have taken the shot and then taken multiple boosters i think there is a lot of suppression of the actual numbers of deaths that are happening globally. Uh, I think that's the negative uh, yeah, because I think there's a lot of innocent people who bought into this PSYOP who uh, have just continued to get boosted and there's going to be some uh, negative effects from that in the, the next year, five years. And I think that's really sad. Um, the positive is that I do sense a deeper sense of empathy from people in the conspiracy theory space. So people like me who have been screaming about this shit for 20 plus year, 30 plus years, have are now more handholders and i think mm. are a lot more sensitive to the people who are just quote unquote waking up and i think that that you're going to see a lot more of that mm. and it's a lot less of i told you so mm. than um yeah. i think it has been so yeah. i th i think no one who has been doing this research for a long time, as long as I have, as long as I know a lot of people have, I don't think anyone is happy about people dying. I think that's a really sick mindset to have that, that seeing other people suffering somehow makes you feel justified mm. in your perspective. Mm. And I don't think a lot of people that, that are in the conspiracy space really truly feel that way. So I think that's a positive. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that if it's going to ramp up or if it's going to stop for a minute, because I think there's a level of complacency that people reach when they're not at war anymore. And that's a better time to hit again than if you just continue to attack and attack and attack. So I kind of feel like they're pumping the brake a minute. Uh -huh. I think maybe towards the election here in the United States yeah. next year, I think that that is going to be more of a critical point. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tend to agree with you, I think. Yeah. 2024 is the year that worries me a little bit. What are your thoughts, babe? I don't really have any strong thoughts. It's interesting what Sean or Sean, Shane Sador said about, did you listen to that episode, Simon? Um, yes. So Shane, um, he was the guy who bought his way out or not bought his way out, got his way out of, of the Illuminati. Yeah. 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 yeah he didn't, he didn't think that there was going to be an election. So that's a little disconcerting, but Mm. I don't know. Of course, yeah. It's it's hard to tell. Uh, I I come in contact with very few actual people. And, uh, of course, my Twitter and Instagram feeds, all my feeds are very, um, you know, the topics that I'm into centric. So what a lot of people are screaming about is the climate change thing is going to come down. That's what all of this stuff, this infrastructure is being set up for so they can start taxing people for their behavior. And that's where the biometric uh, cashless society comes in where you have to buy specific things. Everybody's going to be channeled in certain directions, certain modes of living, so on and so forth. Um, I see that probably happening um probably not as fast as all these hysterical truthers think is going to happen um but at the same time i think because it's not going to happen tomorrow that gives a lot more time for people like us or people that are on the fence leaning in our direction um to figure out another way to exist um i think there's a lot of soft prepping going on there's a lot of people who are preparing for the worst but not in a cement bunker arm yourself with tons of firearms kind of way but more like no let's just let's keep a little extra food and let's you know make sure we've got a generator and stuff like that just in case something goes down i think people are uniting people that are uh, interested in the kinds of things that we are people are 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 networking and and uh figuring out you know who is near them that is of like mind and open-minded and i think i'm optimistic on that front because i think that we're kind of getting our shit together and should something happen there'll be a lot of us that will be prepared for it and we'll be level-headed about it even if other Mm -hmm. people aren't um but, you know, I'm, I try not to weigh in on any particular scenario except my own, my own place in life and try and improve that and my immediate surroundings and my family, then that going out to my community and then that going out to the edges of the universe. But I've got to start small. I can't make big predictions because I don't want to put my energy in any particular direction, but I'm going to go with optimism. And yeah. think that it's going to all work out where there might, it might get darker before that happens. But in the end, well, not the end, cause it's not ever going to stop, but I think it'll, it'll, the balance will strike itself at some point. Well, networking and empathy too, I think. For sure. Excellent. 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 Let's, let's focus on those. eh? For sure. Exactly. Well, I yeah. think one thing that's fucked a lot of the, this, program that they're trying to install is the whole debacle around the electric car and how these electric cars are not starting in the winter and these freezing sub 
zero degree temperatures. People are becoming stranded. Um, the batteries are exploding and the fire departments are not knowing how to put these fires out. I think the, you know, four to six hour lines at a charging station in California to charge your electric vehicle. I think that's, that is putting people off of, you know, going green and, and that whole bullshit uh, narrative that they've been trying to push, like, you know, the government saying all cars will be electric by 2030. I don't think that so. I don't it's think an that environmental, it's an environmental catastrophe if they are. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It's an absolute environmental catastrophe. It's the worst thing we can be doing right now is what we should be doing. We should be looking after the cars we've got. Yeah. Exactly. And repairing them. Exactly. And not building any new cars. There should be a ban on building any new cars. That would be the environmental sensitive and thing to exactly. do. Exactly. And then build cottage networks, cottage businesses that are going to fix and repair cars. Big exactly. businesses for people. Lots of local garages will open. People will be swapping spare parts. We'll have scrap yards again and we'll be rebuilding cars. And then we can phase in. You know, because what some what what the biggest trend I've seen is people are taking like old classic cars and sticking mm -hmm. batteries in them, yeah? yeah. And so they've got their old classic now it's an electric car, you know? yeah. But um, yeah, so but I mean the battery, the, the lithium fields in in South America and other places, I mean the amount of water and poisoning that they're doing is is ridiculous. All the child labour, all yes. of the slavery that's based on the rare earth minerals that you're never going to be able to put back in there all the leaching and all the water i mean it is just an environmental catastrophe then not to mention about all of the other crops you're going to have to um to, to to grow as a monoculture in order to create the oil to create the electricity to run your blinking cars off i know yeah. it's so <laughs> it's so absurd and the so fact absurd. and the fact that some people think that somehow they're saving the environment by driving an electric car and they don't put the pieces together of where the electricity comes from just shows how daft they are that they just don't fucking get it. Like, how do you not know if you're plugging your car into your house mm -hmm. how do you not do the math of where <laughs> <laughs> fucking electricity's coming from <laughs> that's the part that i'm just yeah. like really you think that you're making the world a better place by doing this like it's so fucking absurd to me and and i have been posting about the the nickel cadmium fields for decades since i first got on facebook and and saying like oh this is what you say is good for the environment and showing this decimated land you know a 10 mile radius around mm -hmm. this nickel cadmium mine and and i just think how can someone think but i'm doing good <laughs> i you know i shop at old navy and you know i i wear child slavery clothes and these little kids are working in these mines and you know making 10 cents a week but i'm doing good for the earth you know it's like are you fucking crazy how do you not why don't you take a step back from all of that I think what they tried to do here in the states was the ride share 
situation where they tried to get people to commute together and there's such an egotism of having your own car and driving alone in your car to work that that just didn't work people just wouldn't do it but i think that there is going to be more of a shift towards that a shift towards uh, not necessarily needing an SUV to drive to work, but I 100% agree with you that they should stop this car manufacturing nonsense that is going on. And it just shows you what a huge lobby the auto industry is in the United States. This idea that to be a true American, you have to buy a new car every year. It's such a, it's talk about the ego of that. You have to lease a new car every year. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Yeah. What a bloody nightmare all of that is. But you're right. If, if we just stopped industry, just even the auto industry for one year, imagine the, yeah. the yeah. difference. Yeah. Yeah. Difference to many people's lives. But then the argument will also always be oh, but these people who are on poor wages. It's the only wages they've got. If you take it away, they'll have nothing. They have yeah. machines working the fucking <laughs> factories now. There's one yeah. foreman that's running 15 machines now in a factory. So the auto industry's dead in terms of employing people. Like that, that's gone. But the people digging up the rare earth minerals. Oh, that's true. Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> We're going to take that little kid out of the bloody factory. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, you know, and maybe educate him. Yeah. Ugh. To be a farmer on exactly. the land that we didn't have to destroy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Teach a man at fish and all that. Yeah. There, there are solutions and they're always so simple and plain. It's just like this, just it's willpower, isn't it? Or not, not willpower. It's, um, a willingness to to undergo hardship during the change to let go a willingness to right. let go but you know who it would experience the greatest hardship is the fucking government mm -hmm. it wouldn't be the people this is why these things are so entrenched it's not because you and i or chris are going to be harmed by this mm. we're survivors we would make it it's the mm. government it's these this corporate plutocracy that is in control that that's who doesn't want to let go. These are all solvable problems. Every oh, no. single yeah. one of them. hundred mm percent. -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like if you were to stop building rockets and bombs. Exactly. If you look at the budget for the United States government, my, my taxes, 51% of the government's budget in the United States goes to the military industrial complex. What's the percentage of people who work either in, say, CIA or the military or some kind of administrative form of, it must be very, very high because you're a highly mi militarized com country, aren't you really? Because you've got bases all over the world. Yes. And, and uh, you know, you've got, um, corporations like Halliburton, which you can call a military organization, BlackRock, you know, yeah, oh, really as well. Okay, so you know, if you would say that 
put all the types of people who work for those industries as well in America and say, you know, and, and, and put a figure on it, would you say it's something like 20, 30 percent of the population are involved in the. You mean worldwide or just in the United in, States? In the United States, because I think it's more highly focused in the United States in terms of. I mean, they have they have government contracts with governments all over the world, though. So mm. you couldn't just say America. You would have to consider every country in the world and how it's how every country in the world is somehow benefiting from these industries. So, I mean, easily it could be twenty percent of the world's population, and that's mm. just a ballpark. That's just off the top mm. of my head. Mm. Mm. It would be an interesting um, analysis to do, wouldn't it? How much of the world's population is um, directly or indirectly involved in funding warfare? Saudi Arabia. I mean, we could start there. Or pharmaceuticals. Iran. I mean, there's so many countries that are directly influenced by the military and by these industries that are funneling and basically all they're doing is laundering money. You know, year probably three decades ago, they did a expose on military spending and a hammer that you could get at your local hardware store that would maybe cost $7. They're charging 3000 for it in a military contract. Mm, mm. So, that's, and that's just laundering money, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Where is that? Who, whose pocket is being lined? Mm, well, mm. it's the guy who's selling the fucking hammer. Mm, whose mm. uncle works for the military. Mm, mm. So, it, I mean, that's how the, the octopus spreads yeah. its tentacles is through all of these uh you know you can't just say oh well it's the army or it's just the navy or it's the air force it's all of these government contractors who are benefiting from that level of corruption yeah understood how do we fix it, Simon? Tonight, how do we fix it? <laughs> Supper would be a good start. Yeah. Oh, please. Yeah, you've, I, I was coming in quite positive, actually. Now I'm feeling very, very sad. No, I, I think you, you, can't, you can't fix it, can you? I, I think that, that's what we need to realise. It will fix itself. And unfortunately, it means um, that we will begin again somewhere, you know, and let's hope yeah. that we've, we've got enough knowledge in that base of, you know, of, of restarting that, um, that I think that's the, the thing that, you know, you know, the, um, the entity mind is probably most afraid of is, is that yeah. if, if we let them have the information about the past, they can make the future better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and when it all falls down again, yeah. if it's not, if, if we don't have the knowledge, then the same mistakes will occur. Well, you, what you are doing is saving the planet by teaching your children how to grow veg and having a garden and doing this very basic daily living things. Just that one thing is massive. And, and that's something that Chris and I have 
not really been very consistent with. And we're really making the intention this year of doing is planting a garden with the kids, because I think that that's something that again, again, it goes back to teach a man to fish. You know, you teach a child how to garden, how to raise their own veg, how to hunt. These are basic life skills that don't require an industry that don't require infrastructure outside of a family unit. Mm. They do require you to be able to go into the land, though, and I think yeah. that's um, that. I think is is the next partitioning off the land and then making it based on your social credit score that you can actually go and venture venture into the land. Going back to what Chris was alluding to earlier, it's right. like will will we have access? Fortunately, for the moment, we've still got access to it, but yeah. Um, but what the I, I can't remember the name of the the terracotta. Have you heard of the terracotta? Mm-mm. No. You know, Prince Charles um, signed the terracotta um, when he came into office um, back uh, when 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 uh, when Lizzie died. And one of the first things he did, he signed into the the terracotta that's um, tied in tied into the Agenda 2030 plan. And um, and what it is is giving um it's it's giving um the land more rights than the people um so that the so you're not so you won't be allowed to go on certain pieces of land because it will essentially be a conservation area mm. um but it's a way of taking the land away from people so they will displace people it's a bit like what they they did in china mm. um and um taking people away from the land and then giving land the rights under the guise of um, environmental issues and um, climate change. I look, look, at- look it up. I mean, look look at his website. I mean, it's 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 horrible. Just look at the website and look at the symbology all over it. Mm. It's called the Terracotta. It's the 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 um the, the, their sort of mission statement is, you know, it's just a one page website like you know, a lot of these websites are. So mm-hmm. just mission statements on there you can read it for yourself um and it's been signed in as uh as a um i don't know what you'd call it but it's he, he, he ratified it um it's been in it's been, it's been in plans with you know with his mate klaus um for, for oh yeah decades that, that will go this way i was going to yeah. ask you that this is are terms like the great reset and the fourth industrial revolution bandied about very much in england is that something that's relegated I, to conspiracy hmm. theory or well i was i was um i was at a work gathering last month um and i mentioned oh it's uh, the great reset to one of my colleagues mm-hmm. and everyone looked at me blank faced you know what what the what the great reset you know have you oh, not have no. uh, you not read any uh, you know any, any of like the World Economic Forum's websites or anything like that, or the, you know, that it's it's an, telling them it's an open plan to restructure society under a new industrial revolution. And they look at me like blank. <laughs> what I'm talking about. So the same was here. Basically. <laughs> wild. Yeah. That's wild. That's yeah. It's, it's, so it's not even like oh, you're one of those conspiracies. It's like the what? Yeah. Exactly. Oh my god. Amazing. Globalist plan for the entire world. Amazing. Society. What are you talking about? 
I think this is good because it raises a few eyebrows. They're like, oh, they have a website in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. They're not hiding this shit. Exactly. But I think the statistic for your property is that if you have one acre of land, you can feed like something like 15 to 30 Mm. families off of that one acre of land. If you were clever. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that has some merit because, Mm. again, it goes back to being with people, like creating a community. And I'm not talking like communal living, like we all have to live Mm. on a hippie farm and wife swap and all that shit. I'm just saying. uh, Husband swap. Because the the family next door with their one acre of land, they're fixing your blinking car and, you know, chopping down the wood for the houses that you're building. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I think think there is going to be more of a shift to that type of a mindset. Mm -hmm. And there are people who are already doing that and have maintain that type of a lifestyle in smaller communities outside of suburban and urban areas. And Mm -hmm. the intention has been to shove those people out of farmland and move them into cities and move them into the suburbs. And that really happened here in the United States in the seventies. That was really where the push to basically completely disband the American farmers Mm. uh, hold on the wheat belt. And Mm. they were very successful and many, many corporations came in and took over, uh, you know, uh, bought thousands of acres of farmland and Mm. shoved these small farmers out. And the way they did it was from um, farm subsidies so they were basically paying farmers not to grow their crops. Mm-hmm. And, it's happened here as well. That, that was under the guise of the EU previously, but yeah, that's why a lot of people in this country voted to leave the EU. Because there were things like we were getting flooding in certain areas of the country because the canals couldn't be dredged. Mm-hmm. And so it's things like that get blamed on climate change. It's got nothing right. to do with climate change. It's, it's, it's because the canals couldn't be dredged, dredged because of an EU law that mm-hmm. wouldn't allow it or you know you couldn't fish or you know you couldn't supply more than a certain amount of wheat so you wouldn't be able to grow it yeah and you would get a substitute and some of these farmers man they're, they're driving around in like you know the highest end range rovers you can believe you yeah. know they get plenty of money some of the farmers yeah it's really it's really disgusting that there was and it's kind of the same thing that happened in the auto industry with the unionization of the auto industry. So these men thought, well, we're getting our rights and we're going to be paid well. And they didn't realize that what they were doing was that they were basically selling their futures and their children's futures down the river to these corporations, as opposed to holding steadfast and saying, no, we're not, I'm not going to unionize and I'm not going to buy into this because what the unions have actually done is fuck over the workers. So in the auto industry, for example, you have these men who are sitting in a bar thinking that their auto working job, their machine machining job is going to come back 
because the union has promised them that they're going to get their job back from being laid off. And they've been sitting there for 10 fucking years waiting for their job. And that job is never going to come back. Robots doing it. Yeah. So instead of retraining and getting some other skill, they're just basically drinking themselves to death and getting paid 20, 30 bucks an hour to sit in a bar and not putting the pieces together. Like, Oh, I kicked this mom and pop shop out and there's a Walmart and I go to Walmart every day and I buy my shit at Walmart that's made in China. So there's like a lot of dot connecting that's not happening. And Mm -hmm. they're thinking, well, I'm getting cheap products, so I don't necessarily have to work anymore. And so it's, it's really working on people's laziness and their apathy as opposed to having that spirit of, Uh, that pioneering spirit of wanting to work and put food on your family's table and really feeling good about that. Well, hey, man, I mean, yeah, absolutely get that. And you know what? I One of the ways I often look at this kind of thing is, look, just give me the choice to do what I want to do. Let me do what I want to do. If I want to live in a unit, go shop at a box store, yeah, and have everything paid for me, but I have to eat whatever food I'm given, and blah 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 blah. And live in a smart city. Then make that a choice. Yeah, not pl- plenty of people would choose it. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Plenty of other people would also choose not to choose it. Mm-hmm. And they would go yeah. and live in different systems, and they would they would potentially use the great technology we've got to build really smart cities, like you yeah. know. Ones where they're like made, you you have a hub at the center, maybe a maybe a water treatment plant that is a circular kind of permaculture system that's right. set up on a piece of land specifically yeah. for it. You know, using excellent materials. You know, yeah. having having like medical centers which have complementary medicine and um, you know and and allopathic medicine side by side, all within a certain distance reach, all methodically planned out we could build some amazing cities. It's a choice. Yeah. I'm not exactly. going to choose to pay my taxes. I'm going to choose to start a new community and all of my taxes will go into yeah. that community. Yeah. I get to choose. That's the solution is to be given choice. Exactly. And that's the curiosity is that these predators, the the people that some people call elite, which I refuse to do, they could still have their weird dystopian reality that they want because you're 100% correct. There's plenty of people who would buy into that, who want to live in a metaverse, who want Oculus goggles and want to listen to weird music and be on psychedelics and, and never have to work again and not own anything. There are plenty of people who would buy into that reality why not let those who don't want that be free? That's, that's such a great point because I think that both, both realities could coexist. There's enough land that we could exist. Yeah. Because, sorry. No, I mean, I just, the dynamic of somebody letting somebody else, like where we need people to let us do it. Like that's, we need to get rid of that paradigm altogether. Like, 
we shouldn't need permission to live how we want to live. <laughs> That's the world we need to live in is not needing like the government to say, okay, well, you can go ahead and do this. We need to just go ahead and do it anyway. I know that's easier mm-hmm. said than done, but yeah. it's, it's just talking in those terms just reminds me of how still we're, we're operating in a, in a mindset where we feel like we have to ask permission to be free and fuck that. Good fuck point. That. Well, made. Yeah. 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 Well, guys, I'm going to head to bed. I'm probably up later. I, I, I nearly didn't make it because of the time. I've had an amazing conversation with you guys. Likewise. So. Thank you yeah. so much for coming, Simon. Yes. We, we always enjoy talking to you. Absolutely. You are a bright light in a otherwise dim world in England. And we really <laughs> appreciate your hey, advice. Things ain't as sad here as you think. They're really not. And, no. And they're not. That You know, they're up. There's things bad everywhere, but it's I, I I tend to like from my experience with you know just being in the in the world, they're always a lot worse on the internet and on exactly. the telly yeah. than what they are in exactly. the real world. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's my dream vacation is coming to Europe. That's well, if you um if you do fly in and you fly into Gatwick, I live very close to Gatwick. So, yeah. We're going to plan our whole I'll come, vacation I'll around. Come pick you up, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll take you to um, I'll take you to the Glastonbury tour. <laughs> oh wow. yeah, Absolutely. yes, hell yes. And then we yeah. can we can scoop up uh, Drew, Drew, and Drew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck yeah. Stonehenge. Yeah, <laughs> you can go spray paint Stonehenge. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll show you where where, where the real um, sacred sites are. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah, we'll spray, right, spray paint Bob on stage. Yes, there you go. No, <laughs> we'll, we'll do a crop circle. Yeah. <laughs> a crap circle. Yeah. Okay, guys. All have right. a lovely evening. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, sleep well. Too. We'll Good talk to you, to you in a second. Bye. 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 Ta-ta.